Couldn't you do the exact same thing without people dying? You would think, like the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hello, listeners to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. This is Nate Baranowski. And we are recording in a coffee shop today. No, that's not true. If you hear the ambiance. <laughs> There's people. The ambiance. The ambiance. The ambiance. <laughs> you, might, you might hear some voices in the background, uh, but we are at an undisclosed location. But there, there may or may not be people. Right. Giving us kind of some background filler. Yeah, that's right. No, but it feels good. It feels like we have an audience. Like it's a live hustle and bustle. Yes. Listeners, I have to tell you, if you do not know about our Patreon account... We just recorded a gold episode. An episode that maybe we'll regret recording, no, actually. No, I don't think so. Listen, we talked about couple friends, <laughs> what it's like to have and deal and find couple friends. I'm replaying everything we said in my mind to think, did we say anything that was too personal? No, no, we did not. We talked about the shortened version of Sandwich to Sammy. And Stephen loves when you call hot dogs dogs. No, that's not true. And Nate and I had a double date with our wives for Nate's birthday, and our wives met for the first time, and we talk about it. It's amazing. It's amazing. You should go to patreon.com slash movies on the side to check it out. Donation of any amount per month gets you access to all the bonus episodes, and there's literally probably 100 on there. Also, give us a five-star rating on iTunes if you haven't done that, and this is episode 96. If you were listening to my voice, that means we have 97, 98, 99, and then 100. One Dalmatians, hundred two Dalmatians. <laughs> Four episodes to episode one hundred. We still want to know what you'd like to hear on Instagram at movies on the side or email us podcast at movies on the side dot com and let us know what you'd like to hear on our hundredth. And finally, listener Todd commented about his favorite video game movies. I don't know if you saw that, Nate. It was on Instagram. I did not. But he said uh, he's seen many video game movies. They're all pretty much terrible. But he did mention Prince of Persia. And the Assassin's Creed one is maybe being some of the acceptable ones. They're kind of guilty pleasure movies. For sure. In a way. For sure. But when you compare it to the Super Mario Brothers with Dennis Hopper as King Koopa. Did you ever see that movie? Yes. It's terrible. Scary Koopa Troopas. Very scary, but it is literally a terrible movie. So anyway, still let us know. If you've seen a video game movie you liked, we'd love to hear about it. We need to talk about, maybe in the next Patreon episode, we'll talk about the video game movies that have not been made that we want to see made. (sighs) That's a good one. He's putting that in his notes right I'm now. I'm putting it in my notes. You know, I asked you to put something in your notes a second ago, and you didn't even move. You're not even keeping track. This audio playback is my notes to myself. We're talking about a classic today, Nate. I don't know. Would you consider this a classic? A classic that's eight years old. A classic that's eight years old, but I mean, probably seen by most people, I would think. Right. I mean, this is like Jennifer Lawrence's... Come up and come up and says like you get what you deserve. Oh, like a bad guy gets maybe murdered. she deserves good movie deals. Hey, I'm just saying. But this was her uh, breakout role. Is yes, that say exactly. Yes, breakout role. We are talking about the first Hunger Games movie. Now we understand that there's 80 Hunger Game movies. No, there's actually four. But we are not talking about two, three, and four today. We might save those if you all like the Hunger Games talk. We'll come back to it. Anyway, we're also recording in person again, which. I feel like I'm getting a little used to. Yeah, it's great. I can now look you in the eyes. Not the whole time. Just <laughs> some of the time. No, yeah. Not when you make your eyes big like <laughs> no, that. No, don't do that. So we're talking about The Hunger Games, which is the first movie in the series. Rotten Tomatoes, 84% critic score, mm-hmm. 81% mm. audience satisfaction. Right. So these were books first, right? These were all yes. novels. I have read 
all of the Hunger Games books. Have you for real? Yes, for real. Book one, great. Book two, maybe even better. Really? Book three? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then book four, even... I No, there are only three books. Oh. Oh. That's why I You know how they do that two. with book... Didn't no. they do that with Harry Potter too? They did it with Harry Potter. They right. did it with the Divergent series, I think. Well, or did they just peter off and that never... I think it petered off. <laughs> <laughs> they never did got to part two. We were originally going to compare this to Divergent, Divergent Allegiant, and uh, what is the other one? Divergent, Convergent, Convergence. Uh, Efficient. Maleficent. Maleficent, uh, Mistress of Evil. You got Allegiant. Well, you're doing that. Yes. Let me say something about The Hunger Games. Please. Insurgent. 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 Convergent. Insurgent. Divergent. Insurgent. The Hunger Games. Yes. Catching Fire. Lit up. Again. What's the third Hunger Games? The Mockingjay. The Mockingjay Part 1 and Mockingjay Part 2. Okay. The Hunger Games. Yes. From 2012. Yes. I went and saw this movie in theaters. Is it after you read the book? I believe I read the book, yes, before seeing seeing the movie. movie. Okay. The book was released in 2008. This movie came in 2012. Gotcha. And I think I had a couple years bef- between reading the books and seeing, and seeing the movie. Gotcha. But I definitely saw this movie in theaters. Okay. You remember right. if you saw it in theaters? I did not. I it did was not. a phenomenon when it came out. I remember yeah. it was not a huge budget movie, I don't think, but then made a ton of money. Right. And now, this was 2012, so you asked me what, what my life stage was at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> I read in the trivia section... That Jennifer Lawrence made $500,000 as her salary for The Hunger Games, this first movie. Right. The second movie, which came out a year later, Catching Fire, she made $10 million. <laughs> So amazing. think about, Jen- this is definitely a launch point that's for Jennifer t- Lawrence. 20X. Right. Right? Yeah, 20X. That's amazing. That's, that's some good stuff right there. This, the first Hunger Games movie came out March 23rd. We already had had our first child, and our second one was going to be coming... Four months later. And you were firmly out of the young adult stage that this movie yes, is probably. Right. So there's a 100% chance I did not see this in theaters. Okay. I definitely, I definitely saw it for Rent or Redbox. Sure, sure. Honestly, this might have legit been a Redbox. Right. Like the DVD that you get in the mail. Yes. Possibly. Yes. But I remember it. And so I, I got a chance to rewatch it now. Well, let me ask you this. After reading the book and seeing the movie, do you feel like the movie portrayed the book well like did it feel like one of those like i wasn't like the book or it felt like oh great i saw the like it was cool to see the book on screen i think it definitely captured the book well okay i think jennifer lawrence really captures what katniss everdeen was like in the books okay very cool now i think what these movies don't quite convey like what the books convey is the love triangle between Peta and gail and Katniss. Gotcha. Which I think was fleshed out better in the books and more compelling. Yeah, because it, it was already a longish movie. It's like two hours and 15 minutes. And so I feel like to add another relationship would be challenging. Right. So just some broad thoughts. The cinematography of this movie is beautiful. Like there are so many amazing shots. Even I had forgotten a lot of the details of it, but rewatching it, there's the opening scenes where it shows District 12 mm-hmm. and they show these little clips. There's like an old man like picking at bones trying to find food and then there's like these little kids looking forlorn and distraught. They really paint a picture of this dystopian future really well. Right. Like right from the beginning. You're like, okay, this is a world that I immediately understand. I think the stormtrooper 
basically yeah. version of the the capital guys. <laughs> They're called that, peacekeepers. The peacekeepers, yes, right? Yes. That come into District Twelve. I love this trope in futuristic dystopian movies yeah. that you have people living with less technology than we have now, but uh, an authoritarian government or organization right. that looks super futuristic. And I love that the juxtaposition between this could be a society that exists in 1850, but then yeah. I see people in outfits that look like they're from 2050. Yeah, And those that's, that's collision cool. of worlds together yes. is really fun. I will say, so they have like the little scroll at the beginning and it talks about the reapings that happen every year mm-hmm. and how people give up as tribute. The reaping scene happens pretty early in the movie. And I just want to say it is such an intense and emotional scene and it's done so well. And Elizabeth Banks is, I think, great in this movie. She is hilarious. Not right. laugh out loud, but like her character is just great. When she does the drawing or whatever and... Primrose Everdeen gets picked, and that's very emotional. Again, done very well. Jennifer Lawrence, in that scene, Mm -hmm. stunned and yelling, I volunteer, and kind of croaky at first, and then yelling, I volunteer as tribute, like yelling. Yes. Yes. That's top-notch acting. I volunteer! I volunteer! I volunteer as tribute! She is 100% believable throughout the movie. Like, there's never a moment where I'm like, ah, she's acting. Like, I believe. Everything she says. And when she goes up on stage and Elizabeth Bank says a round of applause for this volunteer, not a soul claps. And I was like, Let's have a big hand for our very first volunteer, Katniss Everdeen. I think that Elizabeth Bank's role in this movie is so great because it shows the ridiculousness of the capital, the right. almost like foolish, uh, <laughs> superficial nature of it. Yes, yes. But also, and throughout the movies, there's an endearing quality to her that yes. she has this superficial life, and it's really grotesque that children are fighting to the death, but at the same right. time, it's almost like she comes from a world and a background where that's normal. So you have a little pity on her of like, you don't know that this is monstrous, what's happening. Right. It, it, they do, I think, a little better than the Divergent series, really paint a picture of what dystopian future could be. Mm. Like they, so they go on the train to this, the capital. They go to the capital. There's this moment where Haymitch, hey we talk about Woody Harrelson in mm-hmm. a second, he says, You really want to know how to stay alive? You get people to like you. Oh, not what you were expecting. At that point, PETA goes up to the window and starts waving at the people who are all dressed garishly. Right. And he's like waving back at them. And Hamish turns to Jennifer Lawrence. He's like, you better keep this knife because he knows what he's doing. And it's this sinking feeling of like, oh, it's a popularity contest. It's not even so much about skill. Like you actually have to get people to like you. And thinking about that in 2012 and thinking about influencer Mm, culture today. Right. It's like that's really connected and makes it even more creepy and spot on. Right. (laughs) And the fact that the books were written in 2008, that's even more telling. Like that's they do a great job of, of really making it close enough to make you think about it. And but like tastefully, it's just done really well. I am seriously a little stunned at the moment because you bring up this great point. I don't think I've related it so much to where we are now in 2020. <laughs> this idea of you have to be liked and an influencer and grabbing people's attention right. while at the same time with 
Twitter culture and cancel culture that you're also kind of expected to like out other people and quote unquote like fight them (laughs) to like establish your like I'm the champion of the people. Yeah. And even Hamish tells Jennifer Lawrence when she goes, she's going to go in front of, I guess, the group of people, the game, the game makers, the game makers. And Hamish tells her like. Whatever you do, make sure you're remembered. Make sure they remember you. Right. And that's when she shoots first and doesn't get a bullseye and they all turn and talk. And then she shoots the apple through the pig's mouth. And again, you think about today, that's the whole job of an influencer. Like you have to make sure that people see you and notice you. Right. And to be forgotten and ignored is the worst fate of all. Right. And it's like, man. And even later in the game where she kisses PETA because she kind of understands the game now. Right. And then Hamish sends her the message in the little thing. She's like, you call that a kiss? You know, she has to do it for the camera. Like, right. Because do she it for the vine. <laughs> That's a good throwback. I love the like, sort of the deeper meaning behind yeah, yeah, all of this. Yeah, I know. That's this. really deep really soon. But, yeah. but I, I love jumping into it because yeah. it really is this, throughout this movie, and maybe we go to the moral of the story, is that she doesn't want to be a part of this game. Right. She never really fully buys in. And even in the times that she plays along, she's doing it for the greater good, not for her own popularity. She never gets right. caught up in the, like, I am a, the people's champion. Right. She, she never sees the ugliness it. of the whole machine. Right. right. But at the same time, there is this balance between, I have to play within this space right. in order to gain enough influence right. so that people listen to me when I want to critique the machine. And that is like yeah. a big thing, like a deep thing when it comes to social media, when it yeah. comes to yeah. influencing yeah. anything, yeah. is that you need to get big in order for people to listen to you. But in order least, to yeah. get big, you might have to play a game that you don't want to play. Right, and at the very least, you have to understand the game. Right. Because she was like- You have to manipulate the game. Right, because she, at the beginning, she was like, I don't even want to, I don't care, I don't want to know, all I want to do is survive. Right. And Hamish is like, well, if you want to survive, you have to know the game. And you have to know enough of it to play it. And it's like, wow. Can we talk about in the movie, The Hunger Games? This is a young adult book and a movie based on the premise that kids between the age of 12 and 18 are murdering each other. Extremely This is troubling. a PG-13 movie you know what? where I kids die. For some reason, when I saw it long ago or like eight years ago or whatever, it didn't really hit me as much. And now, like watching it recently, I said, this is sadistic and horrible. <laughs> and like, I don't know. It's... They do a great job in this movie. This is great filmmaking right yeah. here. Is that the tributes from one and two that go their whole life are played by people who look like they're 25. Right. So those people, you're okay seeing just get like, okay. Right. You're kind of like an adult. I don't mind that you're just getting arrowed like crazy <laughs> right. for the most part. Right. But there are a lot of younger kids that I yes. think they conveniently, for the most part, unless the ones you're really supposed to feel right. get to rue. Yeah. And like, for yeah. the most part, those die off camera or they die right. from a way that aren't like They ate people. some berries. Right. And like, yeah. They're not getting a sword to the... Right. I will say that first opening moment of the games when they're all running at the cornucopia and like all that, it's like, whoa, this is a lot. This is real. So I'm I'm saying that they did a great job of showing intensity and the brutal nature of the games while also 
they weren't gratuitous in their violence. Like, I'm glad this is right. a PG-13 movie because the R-rated version of Hunger Games. That would be nasty. That's rough. Yeah, that'd be really graphic. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Let's talk about the side characters for a couple. Uh, hey, Mitch. Okay. Woody Harrelson. Don't need that wig. Don't need that wig. <laughs> you could be bald. I'm saying as a bald man, like, that wig. Was he bald back then? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he didn't need the wig. But I do love his character. Hamish is great. Hamish is great. Yeah. There's not enough Hamish in the later movies, for in my I opinion. Agree. Yes. They I kind agree. of, where I wish he could just really ramp it up. Yeah. Woody Harrelson is great in this movie. I think people are cast well. Lenny Kravitz <laughs> as Cinna. Uh-huh. I really liked him in this movie. Uh-huh. I gotta say, like, uh-huh. I really liked him. He has like two or three scenes with Katniss, mm-hmm. and they're great. Right. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know, know how. I don't know how. But like those moments right before she goes up the tube into the game. I'm not allowed to bet, but if I could, I'd bet on you. I don't know what how he did it, but yeah, they're great scenes. Mm-hmm. Great casting. Might I just say, actually, I'm thinking of side characters. I think some of the worst casting, this is going to sound mean. Okay. Uh-huh. I think Primrose Everdeen is not quite as lovable as I think she should be. Did they need a young Dakota Fanning? Would that would have been? Maybe. It's possible that uh, she was good in this first movie because she doesn't have that much to do. Right, right. Later on, she becomes a very important part of this arc. Right. Jennifer Lawrence was so good. Yes. That and you put her with her sister, it's like Jennifer Lawrence carries that scene. Right. But the the actress that played Primrose didn't quite bring couldn't bring as much. Right. Yeah. Maybe because she was just outshone. Outshined. Right. I mean she did good in that reaping scene. Like I believed her emotion there. Yeah. But that's kind She's of okay. it. So, so, so. Yeah. <laughs> the the scene after that though where she goes back and sees Katniss after the reaping, just for a moment, I do agree that one's kinda eh. Yeah. Quite as much. Okay, so yeah. Hamish, great. Hamish is great. Cinna is great with Lenny Cinna. Kravitz. Stanley Tucci. Perfect. He, perfect. <laughs> yes. He is so perfect. Every, like, it happens two or three times, but when he's on the stage and the talk mm-hmm. show is starting and he, like, is looking away from the camera and then looks directly to the audience with that huge smile, I'm like, that's amazing. Yes. He kills it. Yes. In all, and as the talk show host, as he's interviewing, he is perfect. He is great. In that in role, like, incredible. Seneca Crane is all about facial hair. He, he's the, ma- the main game maker. Oh, yeah. With, like, I'm lost in that beard. It's a fancy uh, beard. So I'm not yeah. sure exactly. I don't remember his acting performance at all. <laughs> it's sort of forgettable, but I'm just thinking my picture in that topiary of a beard. His only interactions really is with Snow. No. Right. And so, and you know, Donald Sutherland is great. Right. I mean, he's, you know, in all the scenes <laughs> clipping the roses and all that kind of stuff, like the fear and hope conversation. Hope. It is the only thing stronger than fear. I love that he's an older man, so there's fragility to him. Right. But he's but ruthless. He's so menacing at the same time because he yes. controls this whole machine. Which I love at the end of the movie. When the game maker goes into that room and they close the door behind him and there's that bowl of berries there. It's like, like cold. Yep, yep. Cold. Yeah. Stanley Tucci's amazing. That character, fine. Should we talk about PETA? 
Yes, but I want to talk about PETA also in, in the con- game in conglomeration with Romance Corner. Should we bring in Romance uh, Corner now? Let's talk about Romance okay. Corner. Okay. <laughs> so PETA, well, there's the love triangle, which you said we're deep in the book. But yes, talk to me about Jennifer Lawrence and PETA. I think PETA in this movie, we're just talking about this movie. Just it's hard for me movie. to not like try to like no, take it, it together. Right here. I think Josh Hutcherson, I believe, who plays mm-hmm. PETA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is well cast in this movie. Yes. He's likable. He has a boyish charm to him. Yeah. But someone who like doesn't want to enter combat. And I really like that that yeah. casting choice. He doesn't seem like someone who can't wait to like kill someone in the game. Right, right, right. His love of Katniss, the premise that they try to build it on seems a little flimsy. Because we're yeah. supposed to believe in, and I think in the books too, he's been watching from the outside and caring for her and offering bread when she was like down and out. Right. But she threw it, he threw it at her and he regrets not walking it up to her. Right. There's this, this feeling of like, I have cared so deeply for you, which has turned into love, like a type of love that is lasting and enduring. Right. That that structure that they're building the romance corner on, I think from his side, seems a little flimsy. If they had more history or shown more history, I think I would have gotten on board a little bit more. Yeah. She has the right amount of care for him of like, I barely know you. Right, right. <laughs> I believe her towards him. Yeah, Absolutely. him towards her seems a little bit like, which I guess, to be fair to the movie, is part of the guests as an audience. You're not quite sure. Are you joining the careers? Are you actually for Cadness or are you right. really against her? And that has to be right. Which is unclear at the beginning the of, air. of the game because it looks like he's right. Their romance is not super compelling to me. What do you think? I agree. I mean, I believe her throughout. I believe her even in the game. Fake kissing him, basically like only kissing him for the sake of the game for the gram. And even after. That I believe that she doesn't really care for him. Right. As they're holding hands and they go back to District 12 and they like. Now this becomes, I'm going to break out of this fourth wall for just a second into the next movies. Okay. I think that becomes a fun premise of him being a steady presence in her life amidst all this chaos. And the kind of love that she eventually has for him is one of. You are steady. You are not leaving me. You are always on my side. And amidst all of this crazy, crazy world, yes, Pan Am stuff, you are with me, and that becomes super appealing to her. I think yeah. that becomes a better part of the romance. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk about the game quickly. Yep. Again, so savage the whole cornucopia thing at the savage. beginning, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, so much happens. I feel like I believe Cato and like the group mm-hmm. that's like evil or whatever, glimmer and yeah, yeah, all those. turbo laser blazer. <laughs> I love the the wasp scene. Yep, when she's up in the tree and she cuts it down or whatever. Claudius, I think those are tracker jackers. Am I wrong? Yeah, I love how when Peta does the makeup in the training section before they enter the mm-hmm. game and how it plays into it yes. later. I don't know. I love it all. It's, it's intense and it's extremely suspenseful. The yes. Whole time. Yes. They have, they do a great job of really having the stakes being high. Yes. We compare this to Sonic that we, <laughs> we saw before. <laughs> right. This. Exactly. Yes. But like I, I read the book and I know what's going to happen, but still mm-hmm. I think to myself in that cornucopia scene and throughout the thing is anyone during these games can die. Right. They really give that feeling of 
if you just popped up in this arena, what do you do in this <laughs> giant capture the flag but lethal? Right, right. And you really feel it like when Candace comes up the tube right. and the timer goes to zero, I don't know if I would try to run for something or run away. And no one starts with weapons. So this right. idea of like, well, you can't kill me right now. Right. But, but <laughs> as soon as you get something. Yeah. And it's tough, too, because everyone has a very special, specialized weapon that they should use. And hers right. is not one that you can just, like, pick up and <laughs> slice somebody. Right. You have to, like, aim. Shoot. Anyway. So you have, to, you have to get arrows. Yes. It's so interesting, the whole game mechanics, which maybe in the book they go into more detail. But, like, you know, she goes way out to the border of the arena. Right. And they start a forest fire to get her to come right. back. Because she's comfortable in the forest. Right. But they force her. Because later they also make the dogs that towards the end of the mm-hmm. game. Those mutts. And the dogs like kill one of the guys. Right. And it's like, that feels like cheating. Like the game makers are actually killing someone and the tributes aren't having to kill each other. So that, I don't know, it feels a little... Well, I think there has to be, the game makers have to have the ability to kill the tributes because otherwise the tributes could band together and be like, we're not fighting each other. Which she does at the end. <laughs> You have to yeah. write. What's your Hunger Games method? Steven Robles pops up in that tube. What's your plan here? I think I could do survival for a little bit. Next question. Yeah. I'm even saying, because I want this to be included. Yes. What's the weapon that Steven Robles has waiting for him in the cornucopia? What's your weapon of choice? Oh, a sword. Absolutely. A sword. A sword and shield, if possible. Because, <laughs> like... Zelda style, Link. Because later, like when when Katniss gets approached by flying dagger girl, throwing Mm -hmm. knives, the problem is once you get close enough, Katniss is at a disadvantage. Like she could try to stab with an arrow. Sure. But that's not meant to like stab at close range. Right, right. And so I would, I think, now, if there were several bow and arrow competitors, I would just be like, well, just take me now. Because like, like, what are you going to do? Like you can't shield around yourself like... I don't know, but I would hide out as long as I could, survive, have a sword or something, try to position myself where distance could not, like someone couldn't just shoot an arrow at me while I'm- So you, you find cover pretty quick. I think so. Try to survive, go from there. What about you? I think I would go for some sort of, who's the one guy that has like the long throwing spear that has a spear, doesn't oh. he? Um, one of the careers? Yeah, I forget. I don't know who it is, but yeah, I know he's- I think I would spear. go for something that- is long and is kind of spear-like, but I could throw it if I needed to. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I always feel like throwing it. your weapon, though, is you're always risking not getting it back. Better than an arrow. When you shoot it and, like, you may yeah. run out of arrows, I feel that like where I'm throwing my spear, I should be able to go get it. I'm not throwing it the length of a football field. Yeah. So Anyway, I do like, once we get to the end of the fight scene, they're on the cornucopia and the dogs are, like, at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And Kato is choking... Katniss Everdeen, but then Peter like picks up his whole body and like body slams him. Yes, everything. It is all so intense. Because he picks up bags of flour. Yeah, because he picks up bags of flour. He's super he's strong. strong. Yeah, but I, everything about that final battle scene and it's just really done well. Like even me knowing what was going to happen, it was like tense. Right. And so they just do an incredible job at all. Of it. What are your least favorite parts of this movie? We've been very complimentary. We have. I mean. You know, I was expecting to have it feel long, mm-hmm. seeing that it was going to be two hours and 15 minutes. But honestly, it, has, it moves at such a good pace. 
I like seeing the capital city. I like seeing them come in on the chariots with the flames. Mm-hmm. All the training sessions. Maybe there was a lot of training in that room, that like X Men style <laughs> thing. They maybe could have cut a lot of that out a little bit. But I liked all those moments too. Right. You know, when Jennifer Lawrence tells Peter, like, "Listen, you need to go and throw that ball because they're looking at you like you're meat, and they don't think you could do anything." So, like, you need to show off right now. Like, I love that moment. I don't know. Like, I feel it is. It's a really strong movie. I think I could have used a little bit more in depth. I want to say even more training of the tributes i know that for this movie right this is not an eight-part netflix series (laughs) right you can't get into it but the concept of the hunger games is so good and so interesting that i really wanted to know more of the story of like who from district four yeah yeah, you're a whatever you're a fisherman guy so you're really good at whatever this right i love the idea of I wish there were more of the tributes that I knew that weren't just faceless entities. I know they had kind of like bad guy, big dude tributes. Yeah. You had the District 11 Rue and and District 12. You had these but players. But there were a lot you of similar. More. But there were, yeah. I would have loved more like. Variety. Variety. Yeah. No, Interesting. Can we rate this movie, Nate? Yep. Let's do it. On a scale of zero to five cornucopias. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sound. <laughs> oh, wait. Before we rate it. Yes. I have a question. Yes. When it come, what did you think about the whole dystopian world of Pan Am and the districts and the reason why these Hunger Games exist? Let's go big for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's an interesting story. I don't know how and in what world you could convince 12 cities to allow their teenagers to go compete in this thing and die every year. And somehow that limits the uprising stuff that's going to be happening. Like, I, I feel like that's a little bit unbelievable. Is, is the point of that, like, we have to make these, uh, think back to classic Greek literature, like we have to send our virgin to get destroyed by the Kraken in order that our whole city doesn't get wiped out? Is that what the thinking is? Like, Well, there's the whoa. video at the, re- at the beginning of the reaping that talks about, listen, we used to have war and everybody died. And this is how we keep the peace by sacrificing an honest contest with the hope of a district winning. And that's how we, which is again, like a little unbelievable. Couldn't you do the exact same thing without people dying? You would think like the Olympics, (laughs) (laughs) like, yeah, you would think, you would think, you would think. Like you could just have like intense paintball competition of all time. You would think. But it makes for a better movie that this is grotesque and, right. and insulting. All right. All right. We got to rate, rate it. Zero to five cornucopias. I'm giving The Hunger Games four cornucopias. It's a great movie. Hard to find things I dislike about it. Not perfect, but yeah, really enjoy it. I'm curious how the other movies stack up against this one now that I've seen it again. Mm. So what do you give it? I think I'm going to go with exactly the same. I think I'm going to yeah. go with four cornucopias. Yeah, that's a hard word to say. I should have used yeah, the rating. <laughs> that's tough. It is really, I understand why this movie and the success of this movie brought about a bunch of other young adult movies come to life. Right. Maze Runner, Divergent, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Here's why I think The Hunger Games is so good. It has the angsty but fun romance that young adults and teens like. Right. The, 
the the love triangle is almost like a baked in formula right for sure used for, for sure. these that so if you're into that you're down for it yeah but it's not just for young people because although it has teenagers fighting each other yeah the stakes as we talked about are super high yeah absolutely the suspense is really high and the action is really good yeah and katniss as a hero yeah is she's not the type of like her archetype yeah. Who she is as a protagonist hasn't been seen a lot right. in movies. Right. There's this, this, her personality is very unique to like, right. I don't really want to be a hero. I just right. want to save my family and my district or right. whatever. That eventually she gets talked into, like, you have to be a spokesman right. for this whole yeah. movement. So no, it's good. I think it's really cool. And so I give it a four. Very good. We don't have time for top five again, listeners. But we are still waiting for your suggestions. So hit us up, Instagram at Movies on the Side. Let us know. Leave a five-star rating and tell us there what top fives you'd like to hear. And uh, may the odds be ever in your favor.